but the senator, while indoctrinated, could not explain his toxicity. BBS, this just in. An entire battalion of weaponized misogynists will be descending on hapless Chicago to forcefully fondle the city's innocence. With them are notorious fascist pug handler Count Dankula, rape-joke enabler Sargon of ACAD, alt-right menace Mr. Reagan, Satan himself Paul Elam, and the devil's handmaid Karen Strong. We have just received word from an expert in hateology that if you even so much as look upon this conference, your eyes will be burned out of your skull, your tongue will invert, and your anus will seed from the union. We repeat, do not so much as glance at this convention and its related paraphernalia of evil. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to Honey Badger Radio. My name is Brian, and this is the Week in Men's Rights. Uh, I am here with uh, the British Badger Bells, Natty and Elizabeth, as you can see, and we also have a bonus guest that I don't have a little icon for, I'm afraid, but Fetal Bogan is here. Hello, Fetal Bogan. How are you? Hello, Brian. How are you doing? I'm good. This is actually the first time that you and I have ever spoken to each other, so um that i know of so this should be interesting but it's it's good to have you on and also uh elizabeth how are you i'm good thank you very much brian all right and natty how are things i'm tired <laughs> <laughs> i understand thank you for that asking. yeah yeah it's it's uh it's been a long day it's it's pretty late over there is it like midnight right now or uh it is past midnight but that's not what it is exactly um I went to the Trump Arms yesterday, and I got home at two two thirty in the morning. Oh, I see, I see. So you had a you were active last night, because yeah. because uh, your baby was <laughs> delivered, and so you're not you know you're not carrying, right? Isn't isn't that correct? Huh? Didn't you like you were <laughs> last time I saw you in person? You were pregnant. So I mean, I guess you're not pregnant anymore because it's been like a year. I assume, unless you just perpetually oh, well, carry babies. Well, yeah, I probably am perpetually carrying babies. <laughs> anyway, yeah, no, my son's going to be one next week, man. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. well, there you go. Well, I guess it doesn't stop you from having late nights regardless. But anyway, we're getting a little bit off topic. So welcome, Natty, Elizabeth, and Fiedelbogen to the show. Uh, we're going to be, we got lots of things to cover today and uh, I want to be able to spend a decent amount of time talking about them. So I guess the first thing we're going to open up with since it is late and uh, I think it's it's relevant is this statement. Basically we're looking at what I'm calling the fallout of the Cambridge University uh, protests and talks and stuff. And maybe um, you know Elizabeth and Natty can you know shed some additional light and I think uh, Fiedelbogen wanted to say some things about this too. So first, I'll start well, with. We'll, we'll take that as it comes. Yeah, we'll take it as it goes. There, there you go. Um, first, I'll start by reading this this uh, statement from a John Bailey regarding the alleged assault on him and his son. So uh, Elizabeth put this through, but I'm going to read it for you guys. On the 24th of May, I decided to attend the J4MB. That's Justice for Men and Boys talk at Cambridge University. 
Mill Lane with my 16-year-old son. When I arrived at the venue, a number of protesters were already protesting the event by blocking the entrance to stop delegates from attending. This didn't stop us from attending. During the various talks, the protesters unsuccessfully attempted to disrupt the event by making noise outside of the event. The talk itself covered the history of feminism and the attack on men's rights. On leaving the event, we followed directions from the security staff, which resulted in my son and I walking past a large crowd of protesters. A male protester decided to jump around my son, verbally harassing him, swearing and waving both hands in my son's face whilst making an offensive V symbol. I approached this protester to ask why he thought it was acceptable to harass a minor. The protester decided to harass me instead. I then decided it would be best to walk away, at which point I was surrounded by a group of protesters. Whilst I was surrounded, a liquid was thrown over me. I then tried to push my way out of the crowd as I was now concerned about my safety. The protesters grabbed me from behind and I was restrained by both arms and an arm around my neck. I was kicked and punched multiple times. It was only, a oh, it was only when a passerby pulled me from the crowd that I was able to escape. During my assault, my son tried to get back to me. It was at this time that another protester challenged Matthew, asking him if he was a hard man. Matthew, I assume, is this man's son's name. The pro Okay, this protester was six foot four and well built. He pushed his forehead into my son's face. He used his head to push Matthew back. He also used his size to intimidate Matthew. We also saw protesters waving signs saying, quote, milkshake the misogynists, end quote. I take that as an incitement to commit violence, which is exactly what happened to my son and I simply because we attended a talk. At no point did we express any feelings on the subject of the talk one way or the other. So <clears throat> it's like the glass blind spot said, uh, Brian Blindspot, who I actually had on the show a few weeks back. First, they came for the MRAs. And um, but I, I wanted to, like, give Elizabeth, uh, Natty and Fiedelbogen a chance to speak to this incident. If there's anything you guys want to say. I know that Elizabeth is the one who sent me to this. She was in a foul mood earlier. I think it was related to this, though. But um, Elizabeth, if you could. Yeah, I um, I blogged this today, and I was really upset actually reading it because you know we spoke directly after the event on um, Honey Badger Radio, didn't we? And I was saying that we'd bumped into these guys, and they were clearly shaken, and they told us a bit about what had happened but I didn't know the extent of the violence that had gone on, you know, um, and it's scary. It really is. Absolutely. And, and there's no, I mean, I, I don't think that they would have expected something like this to happen because um, there's no footage or anything like that. But I think that it's uh, highly probable that something like this would have happened. Were any of you guys, you guys weren't there. Like you didn't see that. You just saw you just saw them or ran into them afterwards, and they told you about this experience, correct? Correct. Yeah. But actually, yeah. there is another um, element. There actually, I mean, where it happened, there are no cameras because it's on campus. Mm -hmm. But one of the protesters actually uploaded a clip of it to Twitter, 
Oh, really? I I didn't know that. The first thing I saw was someone responding to them saying, that guy's not harassing you. He's trying to get away. And then I followed the thread up and the tweet had been deleted. So it was deleted before I ever got a chance to view it, you know, or indeed take it down for myself (laughs) and for the police. Um, Which tweet, Elizabeth, which tweet was deleted now again? the, The tweet that had the clip of this incident but I mean I spoke to the person who'd responded and I said you know is 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 this what you were looking at and they said yeah so but I mean somebody I, took it down, somebody took it down mighty quick if only I checked Twitter more often yeah so it was down someone took it down probably because it didn't look it wasn't a good look for them maybe they should have had Carlos Maza put it up it probably would have stayed up um <laughs> <laughs> so uh, okay, so any anyway, any other uh, thoughts or th- did you get a chance to? Because it would have been really great to actually like interview this this man and his son. Um, did you guys get a chance to see them again or talk to them or anything? Well, we bumped into them, you know, as the police were talking to them after it just happened. So, you know, it wasn't really appropriate to do that at that point. Um, hmm. I mean, his son was sitting on a wall and he looked really shaken up. Um, yeah, I bet. You know, yeah. And it was pretty obvious that, you know, something had gone down where, you know, he was, he was, he was surprised, you know, by the whole thing. As in, he didn't look like someone who's experienced that before. Um, so, um, I don't know. I mean, Elizabeth, you've been in touch with them. So, yeah, maybe I'm in be touch willing. with them, yeah maybe uh, i'm not sure do you what uh are you well i like we don't want to put i guess i don't i wouldn't want to put them in an awkward situation to you know have to make a statement but are you talking to them about um maybe like speaking up about the incident other uh, outside of this, this like sort of open letter uh well i mean you know they're in touch with the police and i'm planning to write to the university just to inform them of everything that's gone on and I'll obviously include that statement. Um, but I mean, I could certainly ask if they would be, you know, interested in talking to you or to, mm-hmm. you know, anybody else who wanted to talk to them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'd absolutely talk to them. I'd really like to, because to, I'd, I'd want to know if they've ever been to any of these events before, if they've ever... You know, if they thought this was going to happen and that kind of thing, it honestly doesn't surprise me. It's interesting, all this stuff with like milkshakes and and um, uh, the, essentially, you know, I'm I'm just going to put it out there. This is uh, assault. This is violent behavior. Even if the violence, you know, doesn't appear to be uh, immediately threatening or you know or whatever, it doesn't matter. The point is, is that people's personal space is being invaded. And um, we're talking about something that is assault. It's not words, you know. People are throwing things, and and you don't. And and that inevitably, the moment you see that you have permission to throw shit at people, even if it's like appears to be harmless things like milkshakes, um, you know, it's it's just it's easy for people to step it up. And so, like when when this six foot four gentleman approached a uh, you know a sixteen year old kid, and tried to use his size to intimidate him while pushing his forehead into this boy's face. It seems like 
this is something that people think is not only like, you know, uh, okay, but it's probably something that should be done because they're misogynists, right? We, we can't have these people around. This is the logic. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I've got to be honest. I really didn't see this coming. You know, I saw the milkshake come in from a mile off, but I thought that we're too British to do things like actually, you know, punch people and hit people and stuff like that. Um, you know, and I, I kind of, in the lead up, I was thinking back, I don't know if any of you have ever seen the clip where some protesters burst into a Jacob Reese mob speech and he just calmly walks up to them and starts talking to them and they're like shouting in his face and stuff and he's just talking to them very civilly. And afterwards, you know, people were like, were you scared? Were you scared? And he was like, of course I'm not. We're British. And I <laughs> that kind of attitude. Mm-hmm. But, you know, obviously the mob mentality kind of took over and behavior that is not acceptable suddenly became acceptable. You know, and yeah. it's like, you I know, like... it was acceptable said, to these people in their own minds. It was perfectly acceptable to them in their own minds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the idea of the stiff upper lip, that's just toxic masculinity, Elizabeth. Stoicism, <laughs> that's just toxic masculinity. I don't know if you know that, but people just need to have let their emotions rule them and use violence because then they're in their they're in their truth, they're in their true self. And and whatever happens, hey, that's just that's just nature, man. Brian, um, I that that sounds like a pole. <laughs> actually though, I mean, it sounds like I'm making a joke, but I actually think that they believe that shit. That that, of course that they do. It, of course they do. as long as long as that is happening in the correct direction, you know. Mm-hmm. So as long as it's going in the right direction, and of course they accuse their enemies of doing that very same thing of being emotional and and reactionary. But hey, can you say Darvo? Can you say Darvo? Darvo, yeah, sure. That's that's exactly Indeed. what's going on. Yeah. yeah. So that yeah. one who's um, not initiated or doesn't know the term, that stands for deny. Um, so deny, attack, re, re, reverse victim and offender. Sorry. <laughs> so yeah. that's basically about denying any, you know, um, poor behavior or antisocial acts that you've, you're, you're responsible for. Um, and falsely accusing the victim in the situation of being the aggressor. Um, And that's kind of, you know, it's a term that Erin Pizzi uses, and it's used in, like, domestic violence kind of situations. You know, Erin Pizzi, I mean, I actually spoke about it in my speech, actually, at Cambridge. You know, she says that quite often she's seen uh, women who are the aggressors in domestic violence situations use this and you know obviously because our police um, forces and our social services are all trained in the Duluth model they are likely to believe any woman who uses Darvo but yeah it's exactly what these protesters um, I think are- our entire society has been indoctrinated into the Darvo model of thinking Mm. basically this, this yeah. is darvo yeah. this is political darvo this is darvo on a grand scale you know actually i Society, I, I mean this, i don't disagree with that i'm down 
by some very powerful people. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree yeah. with that, but go ahead, Natty. No, I was gonna say I remember when I when I went to um Battle of Ideas, not this year, last year. Um no, it hasn't happened this year yet? No. Not the last one, the one before that. RIP headphone and, um, users. Oh <laughs> I heard a high pitched um, beep. I'm just warning people with headphones. I'm just although it's late. <laughs> That was me. That was me. A text came through. Oh, okay. All right. Sorry. Um, um, what was I saying? Yeah, it reminds me of this talk that I went to that was talking about the 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 rise rising threat of the alt right or something like that, and um, no one was talking about the the tactics of the hard left and how they contributed to you know this uh, rising alt right that they were yeah. all kind of getting a little bit too scared about um, and how we are basically under, as you've put, correctly put it, under Davo by the, by the hard left um, combined with all their supporters. Well, you know. The... I think we ought to popularize the term Darvo into the common language as much as we can. This will give people a way to talk about the problem. Definitely. I think it's a good idea. Highly apt for this situation, like in its entirety, as we'll discover more about later. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we we should move on to the next story, but um, but yeah, I I hope that you know uh this gentleman um John Bailey and his son Matthew, uh you know like this will probably cause them to think more about these issues this experience <laughs> will probably have like the opposite effect of what the left wants so that should be interesting we'll have to see how things unfold but um a, definitely a worthwhile thing to point out and cover so now well, i'm I gonna think this cloud has a silver lining yeah what was uh, outside of what i said or well just in line with what you said oh yeah I yeah mean... for sure that's how I see it too. You know, as soon as whenever people get violent like that or they start practicing mass uh, censorship and shit, it actually makes people more curious. You know, this is why I think the uh, MRM has been growing steadily and in ways that are pretty subtle too. You know, like for example, I'm just going to put this out there. Uh, every time I see Sargon, uh, Carl Benjamin, get into a debate um, that's in front of a big enough audience a men's issue is brought up and I know that he's making a conscious choice to do that because he's not stupid. And so he gets people thinking about men's issues without even having to necessarily um, call himself an MRA or say that he's going in there specifically to do that. And it, it, it is working well. And it means that it's something that he's thinking about as well. And he's getting other people talking about it. This whole, I wouldn't even rape you business it, it all came out of, you know, wanting to discuss male suicide. And this is what he, every time they throw this at him, he tries to bring up male suicide. Uh, when he did a video, we're going to get into this later on, but he did a video today about this uh, Vox Adpocalypse business. And he used that video to make a point about, um, you know, this milkshake incident. He actually talked about this. The, the milkshake yes, incident and, you know, what happened uh, with at the Cambridge Talks. So, and he said, you know, he mentioned Brian Blindspot, the guy who I had on. Um, and so th this is, 
whether this is a conscious choice or not, the point is, is this, this conversation is expanding and it's reaching more people. And this is the silver lining. The, I mean, it's unfortunate that these things happen, but, um, you know, there, there are, there, there is that that's happening. It's getting people thinking about it. I mean, if people have like the savvy to look into it, I and mean, this is the reason why I believe this year's ICMI is going to be the biggest one yet. By the way, go to ICMI.info to check it out. And I think there's a fundraiser coming so you can help us put it on. It's going to be the biggest one yet. The biggest one. Tremendous. Okay, but anyway, uh, let us move on to the next story. A very interesting one. Uh, this has been going around. So Alabama, uh, there's an Alabama bill that aims to punish false accusations of rape. And the media is freaking out. This article comes from the Daily Wire, written by the lovely Ash Scow, my friend as well. Um, and I'll just read a little bit of this, of her version, but then I'll look at the actual bill itself, which I also have ready, and then we'll give opinions on that. So in the age of hashtag me too, we're supposed to believe all women when they make accusations of a sexual nature. But as I have shown time and time and time again, this is something that Ash has been doing for years uh she's been she started doing this with a college paper that's how long she's been doing this that is simply not true even when an accusation is proven to be false via text or video evidence the false accuser faces little to no consequences certainly far fewer consequences than the person fault falsely accused faces alabama state representative e richard drake is trying to change that earlier this month drake introduced alhb 544 a bill that would punish false accusations of sexual crime. As it stands, false accusers are only charged with filing a false police report, which is a misdemeanor. Drake's bill would make it a Class C felony to willfully, knowingly, and with malicious intent make a false report of rape in the first degree, sodomy in the first degree, or sexual torture. The allegations would need to be proven false in order for the accuser to be punished. And there's more to it, but let's go ahead and look at the bill itself, which I have right here. So, synopsis. I won't read everything, but I'll read, like, the important bits. This bill would create a crime, the crime, of making a false sexual allegation and would provide penalties for violations. Amendment 621 of the Constitution of Alabama of 1901, now appearing as Section 11 or 11105 of the official recompilation of the constitution of alabama of 1901 as amended prohibits a general law whose purpose or effect would be to require a new or increased expenditure of local funds from becoming effective with regard to a local governmental entity without enactment by a two-thirds vote unless it comes within one of a number of specified exceptions it is approved by the affected entity or the legislature appropriates funds or provides a local source of revenue to the entity for the purpose. The purpose or effect of this bill would be to require a new increased expenditure of local funds within the meaning of the amendment. However, the bill does not require approval of a local governmental entity uh, or enactment by a two-thirds vote to become effective unless it, uh, because it becomes within one of the specified exceptions contained in the amendment. So the bill relating to crimes and offenses to add sections, uh, blah, 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 to the Code of Alabama 1975 to create the crime of making a false sexual allegation to provide penalties and in connection therewith would have as its purpose or effect the requirement of a new or increased expenditure of local funds within the meaning of amendment 621 of the constitution of alabama 
now appearing as Section 11105 of the official recompilation of the Constitution of Alabama of 1901 as amended. Um, so it reads as, reads as follows. Uh, a person commits the crime of making a false sexual allegation if he or she willingly, knowingly, and with malicious intent makes a false report of rape in the first degree, sodomy in the first degree, or sexual torture, and whose allegations are proven to be false. And it goes on to make, like, a couple of other examples of, like, doing it in the second degree, sodomy in the second degree, sexual misconduct, sexual abuse in the first degree, blah, blah, blah. So there are, like, sort of, like, reduced penalties going on down the line. So, essentially, the idea is, as Ash stated, it's supposed to take a false allegation and makes it a felony as opposed to a misdemeanor. So, <clears throat> what do you guys think about this bill? Do you think this is a good idea or is it going to make things worse? Um, I'm going to go ahead and give the floor to whoever because I think that um, Elizabeth wanted to uh, – she said she had a hot take about this. Uh -huh. So go yeah, ahead. Does anyone Elizabeth. want to come in before I go with my hot take? Yeah, go ahead. No. Okay. Well, right. Listen. Like, if you told me this two weeks ago, I'd have been like, yeah, go on, you know, because it's clearly just, you know, what would be just is if you treated people who make false allegations, you know, you gave them the same fucking sentence that their victim would have got, um, you know, because obviously false accusers are criminals. Um, but, you know, I've got a question, like, are these false accusers, are they going to be people who have been caught out because someone's handed in, you know, evidence of them talking on Facebook, like, oh, yeah, it didn't happen, but I'm going to ruin his life because I'm a bad, bad person? Or is it also going to affect people who come forward and say, look, I was lying? Because, you know, and this is an angry Harry point that Brent Black shared with me, it does happen like you know you read stories wherein men have been in jail for like 20 years and then you know some woman comes forward and says look I'm sorry I lied and he's set free you know and obviously the 20 years is a tragedy but thank god he you know is vindicated in the end but surely if those women are faced with you know a punishment of their own they're going to be less likely to come forward so, you know, I think if the goal is to keep innocent men out of jail, I do worry that this could um, be counterproductive. Hmm. And I mean, it, would it be possible? Could you make it so that if someone admits it, they don't get punished, but people who get caught out do get punished? Would that be possible? Um, I don't know if that would be Well, I think that... I think admitting admitting it would be kind of like the difference between pleading guilty and pleading innocent in that there would still be a penalty, but it's probably reduced. But I mean, yeah, we're I was talking just about, about to say that. yeah, but we're talking about like the thing is, is that uh, right now, false allegations uh, that put men in prison, and uh, and the problem with it is a lot of times, if not most of the time. When you have accusations of rape, it becomes, or sexual assault, or whatever, it becomes an exercise into uh, trying to prove the um, the accused party that, that they end up trying to prove themselves innocent instead of the courts trying to prove them guilty. And 
it has a lot to do with activist judges and lawyers as well as uh you know feminists sort of distorting the conversation around it so the fact that we can't even because just because a a man is found innocent of the crime and this is actually specified in the bill um doesn't mean that now we have to investigate if the girl was lying um because they still have to prove that as well but i take what you're saying like there's a difference mm -hmm. i suppose between you know um uh, someone who is caught out like trying to like ruin someone's life and someone who does something foolish but there that's already a misdemeanor as well so i guess i'm i'm looking at it from the perspective of but what about the malicious um you know people who are trying to destroy men uh, because for whatever reason you know there has to be something for that i have a question um in alabama can uh victims or people claimants um get compensation even if their case doesn't get reach a conclusion i don't imagine so but i don't know that's a good question. Because that's that's what's been going on in the UK. Mm -hmm. um, you can make a claim for compensation, financial compensation, mm -hmm. um, from the from the police force, from the um, uh, what's the department called? Who you get compensation from? My brain is not working today. Oh my god! Um, that beep again. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> um, uh, you can still make a claim for it, even if, say, for example, you accuse someone and they're found innocent. Oh, oh, Natty dropped. Yeah, no, that's true. And I mean, my answer to that is like, you know, I don't see how money helps a real victim of like rape or sexual assault. So I would say, you know, if someone is believed to be a victim, give them fucking therapy. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. That's another thing, too. I mean, there's definitely some gray area in there, but I don't imagine that this bill – look, I'll even – I want to put something else out there, something that hasn't – this is kind of the elephant in the room, as it were. Um, even though they're putting this bill out there, I don't necessarily believe that this is actually going to end up being applied uh, as often as it probably should be. I don't think this is going to result in a lot of convictions of false accusers. In fact, I think that – um, there will probably be many cases where the falsely accused men, because oh, sometimes, hello. yeah, there you are. You're back. Uh, I just oh, want to make I this. Did you hear what I said? No, I you, talking. you dropped in the middle of your, uh, sentence. I'll give you a chance to, to finish. I'm, I might as well just finish what I was going to say. I'm going to let you finish, but, um, but, oh, oh, but Natty, could you also raise your volume a little bit? Uh, you're a little lower than everybody else. Um, so anyway, I, I just want to say that even if they pass this bill, I don't think that it's going to result in uh, – it's not actually necessarily going to be applied in in the way that uh, we would expect because, again, you know, we are still dealing with a lot of uh, – there's a lot of, like, political ideology wrapped up in the legal system around women in general. And that makes it hard for us to hold them accountable for stuff that they do even if we have a law for it. It could be a deterrent, which is good um, in that regard, but I don't think it's going to actually end up playing out because there's going to be a lot of cases where, you know, a girl can cry that even though she did all this maliciously, etc., she just wasn't in a proper headspace. She was 
you know, uh, going through some temporary insanity, you know, uh, it could be that, um, uh, she was on her period, whatever, you know, she can come up with an excuse and then people will give her a lighter sentence or, um, the, the man won't press charges. He'll say, well, you know what? No harm, no foul. I'm not guilty. So it's okay. So I think that even if it goes through, it's probably not gonna, uh, it, it may not actually be applied evenly regardless. So I just want to put that so out Brian, there. That go ahead, Brian. I think you've uh, you know whether you know it or not. I think you've made a good case for passing this law. I mean, if you think oh no, I I agree. I think it should be passed because mm -hmm. I think that even then you might only get close to even in terms of actually like punishing false accusers because there's no way that this is going to result in overreach because I I don't right, think that right. I don't think the legal system would do it because whammon. Okay, so as I was saying, I think you've made a good case for passing the law. Um, I want to address a point that Elizabeth made a couple of minutes ago. Um, and Liz, you can correct me if I'm wrong about this. But you said to the effect that... Um, oh, my memory is failing me here. But you said okay, something... I can put it in a nutshell. You know, Basically, what we want to do, we of course, we want to disincentivize false accusations, but surely we also want to incentivize false accusers to admit that they've lied. Okay, and if okay. you think it's going to punish you, that's a disincentive yeah. to admit. Okay, thank you, Liz. You've just refreshed my memory there. Um, you were saying something to the effect that uh, false accusers might be disincentivized from coming forward and admitting mm. that they had made their false accusation. That's my concern. That, yeah, and that's a good concern. Um, now we need to balance that. We need to balance that somehow on the other side of the law by, nah, I've totally forgotten. I've, I've totally forgotten what I was gonna say. Uh, hit the like button. We'll balance it in some way, right? Hit the like button, guys. It really does wonders for our analytics. Okay. Uh, shall I repeat yeah. what I um? Yeah, Natty, please. I, I was saying how in the UK you can that uh, you can still claim compensation even if the case never gets concluded. So, if, say you made a false accusation, an accusation, and the the person is found innocent, um, or you made an accusation and a crime happened um but they haven't found who done it because you know you are still believed um you can still claim compensation and and get it get the money over here um not always but you can it is possible and i was just wondering if alabama has that same policy um because if that's if that exists over there and they pass this, I'm just saying they 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 need to look at incentives for people to make false accusations as well. If there are any others, um, yeah. and and also, um, is this going to apply to family court? Um, I'm not sure. You know, if there are any differences in how family court is applied in Alabama compared to elsewhere in the U.S., but you can make accusations in family court. Um, without necessarily going to the police. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They can use it in. They can use it in different places. 
unless it's an allegation of a sexual offense it doesn't seem to apply to that does it um it, no. it only yeah it only applies to sexual torture sodomy rape yeah. sexual assault uh sexual harassment too but that's what that's really low level it's like a misdemeanor so well listen listen my train of thought came back to me here um mm. basically the remedy on the other side of the law is that we've got to strike at the root of the problem and that is the standards of evidence um, in a courtroom scenario. Yeah, you're so right. We, we strike at that. Mm. The right. fact that women, the fact that the fact that uh, a lot of women would would uh, be deterred from testifying if this law were passed can be remedied on the other side if we simply go after the problem of the uh, um, the standard of evidence, make it um, what was it uh, clear and convincing, mm -hmm. just set the standard of evidence pretty high. Uh, and so it's just not so likely that men are going to be railroaded into prison through the court process. Yeah. yeah. So if you're if you're yeah. if you're going to pass the law, um, which will disincentivize women or uh, victims from coming forward, then um, you can fix that by, like I said, balancing on the other side. Mm -hmm. And that's just my ten cents for the moment. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Yeah, that's that's a fair statement. Uh, I think it'll be a real challenge, not only because of uh, feminist activist types that work in the legal system a lot of times, but also because of uh, trad cucks and uh, white knights that also Most don't will always be present. Yes, the, the they'll way, always be present. The only way to go is forward. No, it is true. It's true. All right. Well, anyways, um, we're going to go ahead and move on to the last story. If there's any final thoughts anyone has, please hit the like button. If you don't hit like, then I'm going to have to assume that you work for Vox. So, you know, just hit the like button if you could. Otherwise, I'm, I'm going to be suspicious of your intentions. Um, <clears throat> any final thoughts on this story regarding Alabama law? It's just a bill right now. So let, let's also keep that in mind. Remember, women vote. So th this may never pass, but it's being introduced as a bill. And I'm sure that people uh, are good. Well, the mainstream media is already on top of it. And they're just going to, like, make this into a giant shit show. So, all right. <clears throat> My final thought on that is that the law ought to be passed. And even Absolutely. if it's not passed, this, this giant shit show that you're talking about uh, could also be milked for propaganda value in some way. But that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, you're right. Uh, let me just read the headline from MSNBC just so you can see how backwards their thinking is, okay? Regarding this particular law, they wrote, Alabama bill would make false rape allegations a crime. And then they write, in the midst of debating a radical anti-abortion law, state Republicans proposed a bill that could punish victims for coming forward. <laughs> Victims? Yeah, that's that word again. <laughs> Let, let's let's yeah, clear this up. A person who makes a false rape allegation is not a fucking victim. There is a difference. If you are accused and found guilty of making a false rape allegation, you are not a victim. So stop it. Don't, like yeah, actual you're not a victim until you've been proven to be a victim. Let's not forget that. Yes, yes. So you have to be proven to be a victim. But yeah, this is how, like, they literally write two sentences and contradict themselves immediately. That's how dumb the mainstream media is. Or how dumb they think the average reader is. Which is entirely, mm -hmm. you know, that's probably more likely. Anyhow, last story. And then we're going to the after show and continue the conversation. The You guys may have heard a little bit about this. Uh, YouTube, to delete thousands of accounts after it bans supremacists 
conspiracy theorists, and other harmful users. This article from The Independent. Um, I also have a version from The New York Times, uh, which might be even better, entitled YouTube to remove thousands of videos pushing extreme views. Okay? So... Let's look at the uh, let's look at the New York Times version. Oh well, you know how they define extreme view. Anything that they disagree with, basically whatever doesn't go along with their mainstream view is extreme. Exactly. Okay, so um, I posted about this earlier on Facebook. Um, You know, sorry, Brian, I feel like your days are numbered. Honey Badger Radio's days are numbered. In if this is the case, Um, I agree, hundred percent. And um, so I posted about this earlier because, um, you know, in America, you've got um, SPLC and other various slimy NGOs like that. And then in the UK, we've got Hope Not Hate and a few others as well. And um, these guys are actively advising the government and social media companies on what should be considered extreme or harmful or hate speech as, yeah as could you know this is going could on. you talk a little uh either a little bit closer to your microphone or raise your volume you're you're a little low oh i'm gonna you know how to raise your volume hello hello it's is not that I you're louder? you're a little bit louder um am i really loud now uh, you're, no. you're good. You're good. Uh, maybe okay. I'm going to bump you up. I think I've already bumped you up all the way. Let me see. I'm going to bump you up all the way. I'm all right. Just, I'm go wearing ahead. a pair of headphones. Oh, that's sure beautiful. Best. Yeah, that's okay. beautiful. Let me you're start good. again. All right. So, I mean, I'm sure everyone is aware in this channel and the listeners as well, probably that, um, we've got these NGOs that, that advise social media companies and governments as to what should be considered extreme and harmful and hate speech. Um, and so um, I posted this earlier in Women Against Feminism on Facebook, and um, somebody was talking about how, you know, oh, how, how they're glad that uh, extreme and harmful content uh, will be, you know, removed from YouTube. And I just, I was absolutely flabbergasted that they are still not there yet, understanding that. Um, what is now defined as extreme are people like me and Elizabeth and you and Fidel Bogan, um, you know, in the Hope Not Hate report uh, this year, uh, we were all mentioned. Um, I mean, I'm not Fidel Bogan necessarily, um, but me and Elizabeth were mentioned. Thank goodness. Um, you know, and as as an example of hate and extremism. And... Um, uh, when I uh, was talking to this BBC producer the other day and he was talking to me about featuring my project that I'm doing and I was saying to him in a, in a film about no platforming and free speech and I was saying to him, you know, um, if you want to do a film about no platforming and free speech, then you need to um, contact the people who are advising the government and social media companies as to what speech that should be, uh, you know, um, that is acceptable um, and stop wasting your time trying to demonize us because that is basically what you're trying to do with your film, um, even more than we already are. Um, 
And so, you know, we're now we're now in what is this like the third purge or is this the second purge of YouTube? I think this is the third purge. I think that right. uh, they've tried. This is the third time they try to do it. So, and and I, I want to make a point about YouTube. Um, but uh, are you are you uh, are you finished with your statement, Nat? I want to give it make sure make sure you have a chance to make uh, your I'm, statement. Um, I'm done. I don't think I've got it. no more. Okay. To add right uh, now. Well, we will definitely have more to say on this. I'm going to read through this article, and then I want to give uh, an opinion on something. So. This is the New York Times one, okay? YouTube announced plans on Wednesday to remove thousands of videos and channels that advocate neo-Nazism, white supremacy, and other bigoted ideologies in an attempt to clean up extremism and hate speech on its popular service. The new policy will ban videos alleging that a group is superior in order to justify discrimination, segregation, or exclusion, the company said in a blog post. The prohibition will also cover videos denying that violent incidents like the mass shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Connecticut took place. YouTube did not name any specific channels or videos that would be banned. It's our responsibility to protect that and prevent our platform from being used to incite hatred, harassment, discrimination, and violence, the blog post said. The decision by YouTube, which is owned by Google, is the latest action by a Silicon Valley company to stem the spread of hate speech and disinformation on its site. A month ago, Facebook evicted seven of its most controversial users, including Alex Jones, the conspiracy theorist and founder of InfoWars. <clears throat> Twitter bar barred Mr. Jones last year. The companies have come under intense criticism for their delayed reaction to the spread of hateful and false content. At the same time, President Trump and others argue that the giant tech platforms censor right-wing opinions and the new policies put in place by the companies have inflamed those debates. The tension was evident on Tuesday when YouTube said a prominent right-wing creator who used racial language and homophobic slurs to harass a journalist in videos on YouTube did not violate his policies or its policies. The decision set off a firestorm online, including accusations that YouTube was giving a free pass to some of its popular creators. In the videos, that creator, Steven Crowder, a conservative commentator with nearly 4 million YouTube subscribers, repeatedly insulted Carlos Maza, a journalist from Vox. Mr. Crowder used slurs about Mr. Maza's Cuban-American ethnicity and sexual orientation. Mr. Crowder said that his comments were harmless and YouTube determined that they did not break its rules. He also has a really great lawyer that's constantly like on retainer. That probably helps too. Opinions can be deeply offensive, but if they don't violate our policies, they'll remain on our site, YouTube said in a statement about its decision on Mr. Crowder. The back-to-back -back decisions illustrated a central theme that has defined the moderation struggles of social media companies. Making rules is often easier than enforcing them. Anyway, um, there's more to it. I'm not going to read everything, but uh, there's a couple things that are really obvious that should be really obvious to you because I know a lot of people have said this, okay? Number one, they want to clean up and remove channels that advocate neo-Nazism, white supremacy, and other bigoted ideologies in an attempt to clean up extremism and hate speech. The problem is this, okay? I'm not... They can't go in the sentence, other bigoted ideologies. Yeah, but here's the thing, because that's important. When you say other bigoted ideologies, that means what? Exactly. Just about anything. Exactly. Okay. Exactly, so and this is, this is why this is why I'm not uh, not hugely worried about this. Uh, you know whether I'm right or wrong in feeling that way. 
But the thing is, if, if YouTube tries to push the envelope too far, it's just going to turn around and bite them. It's going to backfire. I, I honestly... Well, when you get into the territory of other bigoted ideologies, uh, um, it's going to come back and bite them eventually. And the further they push the envelope, the more trouble it'll get them into. Mm, I I don't think I don't think that they care about that. That's the one thing that I was going to say. I don't think YouTube cares. And I'll and I'll tell you, what, they don't care about getting in trouble, or they don't care about who they hurt. They don't. When they're no. They don't care. They don't care about, like you said, overreach. Okay. So here's what they're doing, and this is a, an, I, I, this is what I believe is going on. Okay. Um, they got rid of Alex Jones. That was a test. That was to see what the what the blowback was going to be, and it worked out because a majority of people who were, you know, not far left um, uh, outlets that have YouTube channels. I won't even say they're right wing. I just say that they're not left wing. Okay. They could be centrist, they could be milquetoast as fuck, they could be far right, they could be unaligned, whatever. Most of them said, well, Alex Jones, that's okay. And that means it passed the test, right? Because they're like, well, he's really extreme, that's probably a good idea, whatever. I disagree with the, you know, whatever it is that they may have said to justify that happening. The moment that happened, YouTube said, oh, well, we got away with that. Let's try, let's get uh, somebody else that's a little bit less extreme and it just kind of escalated the limit to how far they can push that yeah this is that but there is no but there is no limit to how far they'll push it because the thing is is that let's let's also look at it this way gazi kodo black hitler he still has a youtube channel he hasn't been taken down his ideas are awful like they are really really bigoted but they don't think of him as a bigot carlos maza the vox guy he's actually made calls to violence on on twitter and his his videos are constantly attacking people he just does it in his way and he has the right politics he's still up there what about the the youtube channel called the cut that had videos of children like really little children playing with sex toys and talking to their parents about you know uh, uh of about sex and stuff just really weird shit okay and I mean explicitly yeah, discussing or discussions standards. about uh, masturbation, talking to their children. Those or double standards that YouTube applies, uh, it may take a while, but little by little, I think that's going to catch up to them too. You know, when they get called out for that sort of behavior. Uh, no, I don't think they care. I, I don't think they, they care. care. No, no, because here's the thing. They don't you care about their own bottom line. They don't care no, about what because, happens to no, the, no. the public. No, because YouTube... No, because they don't make any money. Yeah, they haven't profited off of their website in forever, so they don't make money anyway, for one. Secondly, they're backed by Google and Alphabet. So if you don't think that YouTube... Here's another, this is the other thing I really needed to make a point about, Okay. I've seen a lot of people saying that what's happening is is that YouTube is kowtowing to giant multimedia corporations like Vox, and they're doing what they're they're doing their bidding in an in an effort to um you know because uh, they felt they think that it's the right move because Vox is forcing their hand. I don't think that that's what's happening. I think YouTube believes in what they're doing. I think that everyone that people that work at YouTube are in that Silicon Valley bubble and that Susan Wojcicki thinks that she really is removing hate speech when she decides to remove, you know, content creators. It's not because Vox is not, uh, they're not doing things to YouTube that YouTube don't want to do. YouTube wants to do this. They're just trying to figure out 
what the best way to do it is. And it's only a matter of time before they say, you know what, fuck it. Let's just get rid of everybody. And I think that's what's going to happen here. They've tried demonetization. They've tried the adpocalypse, you know, before. Now they're they're just going to start taking channels off YouTube. And it, it could be the death of them in the long run, but only if a, a suitable competitor rises from, you know, the ashes on another part of the internet that everyone goes to. Now, I will say that, so what I'm saying is YouTube wants to do this. They believe in this. They, they, they are a, a feminist leftist organization. They believe that this is the right thing to do because of that. Cause here's the thing. Okay. Um, somebody might say when you read that sentence, you know, channels that advocate neo-Nazism, white supremacy and other bigoted ideologies. There are people who would say, and a lot of them, like, like you know, middle of the road, average conservative types, like Ben Shapiro would say, well, of course we should remove neo-Nazis and white supremacists. I just have a problem with the bigoted ideologies part. No, fuck that. That's bullshit. There's either free speech or there isn't. I don't care if there are neo-Nazis out there on YouTube making videos. I don't watch them. I don't give a shit. But if you start saying these people are okay to remove and these people are not, you are telling them that at some point it's okay for, the, for them to do that to you. It's either all okay or none of it is okay. And I know that they're a private company and they can do whatever they want, but the, they're not. Though they're not a private company. No, they get government anyway. subsidies and stuff. Thanks. Oh, yeah. you want me to? My my wife wants me to open up a a bottle. Okay, here. Um, I know that that uh, that that's the case, but the thing is, if 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 you don't stand up for even the people whom you despise, whose content you don't agree with then you are basically telling the company to ban you at some point. So I will, and, and by the way, why do they say, why do they use as their examples, they say neo-Nazism, white supremacy. What about black identitarians? What about Islamic identitarians? What about, um, you know, communists online? Are those guys okay? They don't seem to bring them up. That's because they don't think that those people should be removed. They don't find them to be a problem. This is like they're no, telling okay, okay. you that they're far left people right off the bat. Ryan, I think we can agree that uh, their free speech is fundamental. And uh, you seem to be saying that nobody should be banned, even the worst no, people. The worst I don't. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly, exactly. And I, I'm going to say I'm going to say, I, now, OK, we're on the same page about that. I agree with that totally. Yeah. Free speech. Uh, was, uh, who was it? John Adams they said that, uh, or one of the founding fathers of the United States said maybe Thomas Jefferson. Um, you know, area of opinion may be tolerated where reason is left free to come back. Yeah. Exactly. The best disinfectant is sunlight. You know, sure. if you if you stop people who have really bad, dangerous ideas from expressing them in public, you don't get rid of the ideas. You embolden the ideas. You make them go, shit, man, they won't let me talk about it. What are they afraid of if it's not true? And you yeah. make them collect into these little communities where they're just, you know, confirmation biasing each other. And you need to expose You're driving underground where the pressure builds and builds and eventually breaks through. Yeah. Uh, another thing I want to say, too, um, and I know this is going to sound a little blackpilled, but uh, I don't think that moving to another platform alone is going to save us because if we don't nip this shit in the bud the internet in general will well the people who have the most power on the internet they're trying to make the internet into something that fits their image of what the internet should look like 
So we're not just up against yeah. YouTube. We're up against no. Google. We're up against, you know, like massively powerful organizations that think that this is what the internet should look like. And so if you go to BitChute, they're just going to find ways to destroy BitChute. If you go to Mines, if you go to, especially if those platforms become popular, let, let's look at it like this. Uh, the one thing that I think is a saving grace is that um, PewDiePie, okay. PewDiePie is what? Is he still the biggest YouTuber or did T-Series overtake him? I don't know. But he's definitely one of, if not the biggest YouTuber out there right now, okay. If PewDiePie leaves YouTube, which he might, and YouTube might get rid of him, but I doubt that they will because I think he's too big. But if he leaves because a lot of the people that he normally follows himself, and yeah, he follows Sargon and, and Alf's Void and a couple of other people. If he leaves, then he's going to bring a massive audience with him. But if he makes it wherever he goes, he makes that audience big. That platform might become a threat to YouTube as like the mainstream platform, whatever it might be. Right. With one exception, which yeah. I'll bring up a little bit later, but um, and they're going to try and destroy that platform because they don't want a competition. Look what they did to Gab, okay? Yes, you can technically you can get on Gab, but can you find a Gab app on a, on the Android or on the Apple Store? No. No. Because they they they're in on it. Like this they're trying to control the conversation. So it's not going to be easy. Yes, we have I think that we have a bit shoot and uh we also have mines as well, but um like uh, uh, Honey Badger Radio's days are numbered if they do this. And, and yeah, I'm not saying that we're so popular that they're going to take notice right away. Obviously, we're not. But the point is, it's just a matter of time. Besides, how do you think they're going to go about removing videos? Do you think they're going to have human beings looking at all the channels? At the millions and millions of channels that are on YouTube? Or are they just going to have an, al an algorithm look for stuff and then based on a number of hits, they remove a channel? Yeah, that is that is most likely. Um. I just want to jump in and add yeah, on go to ahead. that is that people, I I I I'm I am getting a bit despairing at people who seem to think there's it's still a free market working here. It's it's not like you know it, the WikiLeaks has already proved that Google is already colluding with the U.S. government elements of the U.S. government, the Democrat elements, and the the elements that uh, are keen on having internet censorship. They've already proved that to be the case. And so therefore, obviously, if that's what's Google, Google then obviously that's YouTube. Um, and, you know, the EU and the UN, um, both of them are keen on, you know, uh, policing uh, speech and, you know, all this stuff to do with hate speech as well. Um, and they will put pressure on any competitor that does rise up and become bigger like you know an equivalent to youtube almost so we're, we're not going to have any no one's going to rise up and compete sorry my baby's making noise in the background no one is going to rise up and compete with with youtube at this point i don't believe we're just going to have like a uh, a bunch of small sites and like maybe one of them there, you know, we'll I, have I got, like PewDiePie on that. Yeah, PewDiePie did go to a different live streaming platform, and we are on Twitch, which right now Twitch hasn't gotten into any uh, major sort of controversies around censorship that I know of. But I don't think that Twitch is going to be ideal. But here's my suggestion: I think we should all move to Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no! You are. 
you, you're fucking onto something. I there, know, mate. I know, I know. I know. Because if I we, if we, Pornhub. okay, first of all, well, I, I'm sure you do. First of all, if we all go to Pornhub and make videos there, I think you can live stream there. And people upload non-porn videos on Pornhub all the time. And if we all went to Pornhub, not only would we have a giant audience waiting to watch content anyway, sometimes you need a break between like, you know, hating yourself for jerking off to that last thing you watched and you want to decompress, <laughs> a Honey Badger Radio video is perfect. But also, um, there is no fucking way, no fucking way that anyone in on the internet can take down Pornhub. There is no way. You can't beat porn. That is one thing that everyone has learned. If they try to take down Pornhub, it will result in their own destruction. It's like the only thing that they can't handle. Just something to think about. Just think about that for a second. I mean, it's I'm, it's kind of a joke, but not really, because I think that we can straight up make a Pornhub account and start streaming there. And we would have an audience. So just something to think about. Well, And we'll probably get some decent advertising that you might want to watch, too. Who knows? So... Well, hopefully in the future, if enough people start uh, uploading content to Pornhub, then um, they will have a safe haven there. And until and until the Pornhub people finally decide to go political and start taking people down, but I don't see that happening. <laughs> so it's really not such a joke no, at all. It's they did. Pornhub did go political. Pornhub, um, they've got like some kind of Twitter account, and someone at Pornhub posted a tweet that was something like men do not get to make decisions about women's bodies after the Alabama abortion thing. Yeah, Pornhub is woke too, sure, but um, I mean, I, I think they are to a degree, but I'm, I think that they're pretty much like they're probably pretty strong on the free speech end, you know, considering the content. They're they're likely aware of that stuff. So it's something to think about. I don't know. I'll talk to Allison about it if if this YouTube thing ends up impacting us. But I think that we should be ready. Um, uh, we should be ready if if uh, you know if if this thing goes through. But I think that it really will. We're we're, we're gonna see a purge pretty soon. Um, the other thing, oh, I should read some super chats. I apologize. If you guys want to send us super chats, please do. Uh, Mr. Roboto gives us five bucks and says, idea, the person who lied gets to carry the same charge till his or her record is expunged. This is with regards to the Alabama bill. Um, I'm going to mute Natty for a little bit here. Sorry, Natty. I'm just going to mute you. Uh, your baby's making all kinds of noise. Um, I versin, What? Versingetrix gives us $2 and says this law bolsters quote why would she lie arguments. Yeah. Yeah, I think that it's going to become uh that 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 is a possible side effect of that as well. Zeranx gives us 5 bucks. I think those are good arguments. I think those are good arguments because they could lead to uh conversations that we need to be having. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. Uh, Zarians gives us $5 and says, when you read out that title or read out that title, I thought the Young Turks were gone. It seems Anna was right in there being better than us. No, obviously they won't. That's the thing. Like this purging of extremist views, it's it's not extremist views, dude. It's non it's non Silicon Valley left wing views. Those are considered extreme. Like, I mean, like seriously, to the point now where if Bernie Sanders had a YouTube channel, they might take it down. Because it's too right wing for them, you know. Solomon Grundy gives us five dollars and says, 
Guess I'll have to cancel my YouTube Red subscription before long. Yeah, I think it's it, it, in part two. There is a desire that YouTube wants to go super mainstream. I think that's going to bite them on the ass in a way. They're probably going to lose viewership, but because you know what, I think that there will be unfortunate um, channels that get taken down that are enjoyed by Generation Z people, or, or that'll result in them leaving. So I guess we'll have to see though. Uh, thank you, Solomon Grundy. Zeranx gives us five dollars and says, "Carlos Maza, YouTube, be well. The other con, be well. The other content creators." Uh, Ciara de Flora gives us two dollars and says, "R.I.P. Anyone who lives in Mormon country." And uh, yeah, really, <laughs> go to anybody who wants to watch Pornhub that lives in Mormon country might have a problem. Uh, Bendelin Rax gives us two dollars Canadian and. I mean, writes uh, parentheses, equal sign, up arrow, dot, uh, looks like a little number, Roman number two, dot, up arrow, uh, equal sign, parentheses, parentheses, slash, parentheses, a little Japanese character or something, up arrow, dot, uh, I don't know what that is, another dot, another up arrow, parentheses, and, and another little, uh, looks like a little Japanese character. There you go. Finally, I don't, someone's I don't, making I, sense on this stream. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, does anyone else have any other thoughts on the this YouTube purge uh, story? If not, then we will move into the after show and continue. I will my thoughts when I see it happen. Hey, until the end, I'm just going to watch the show. Go ahead, Brian. Liz. Can, you, What's up? can you check out? Can you check out our message box? Because this is not the last story. I want you to read the email to Varsity from Mike Buchanan regarding the protesters going fully, fully Davo. Oh, uh, is it further up? Let me see. Uh, it's no, not in Facebook. In um, in... oh, in here. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, and then I'd like to give the last uh, the last word to some Pornhub commenters, if possible. Yeah, I see that. I see that. Yeah. Uh, let's let's do it then. Okay, so an email exchange with Varsity, the Cambridge University Students Propaganda Outlet. Uh, I'm just gonna share the screen here. Uh, I know they were cat faces. I was being funny, dude. All right. I have received <laughs> the following absurd email from Varsity. This is from Mike Buchanan, the man himself. Dear Mr. Buchanan, I hope this message finds you well. I am reaching out from Varsity regarding allegations which have been brought to our attention concerning the protests held against the event held by Justice for Men and Boys at the University of Cambridge late last month. If you could please respond to the following claims as soon as possible, I would be very grateful. Number one. One protester who was stood among a group of protesters through which several attendees decided to walk on their way out of the event, despite allegedly being asked to use a different exit so as to avoid the protesters, claimed that one male attendee became, quote, more and more aggressive as he passed through the crowd and eventually tried to punch a male protester standing next to him, end quote. Do you want to respond to that? Or, or does he respond to that in this letter? Let's just read it and maybe respond at the end. Okay, sure. That sounds great. Number two, another protester claims to have witnessed a female protester being pushed aggressively against a wall by an attendee of the event, while one claimed to have heard threats of sexual violence being directed towards a female protester. Number three, 
One protester said that the alleged aggressive targeting and online harassment of students by Justice for Men and Boys supporters prior to the event gave good reason to suspect that they might act with violence towards protesters and women on campus. Number four, our concerns about the well-being and safety of students and staff, which had been repeatedly raised prior to the Justice for Men and Boys event being hosted by the university, proved absolutely founded um, following the events, said one protester. Please do make a note of to whom your statement should be attributed in your response and feel free to add any further comment you see fit regarding the events. Thank you in advance for your help. Kind regards, Varsity News Team. Wow. All right. My response. Thank you. Please attribute the following to me, though I know from previous exchanges, you'll be very selective in what, if anything, you choose to publish. Number one, the claims are nothing more than continuation of the lies and misrepresentations made against justice for men and boys and its supporters since we announced the talks. If any, and if any evidence exists to support any of them, please publish them. Hint, no such evidence exists. Number two, the police recorded an assault of a man and his 16-year-old son who attended the event. Our blog piece on the matter is here, which is I read that uh, at the beginning, beginning of the show. Number three, Varsity was allegedly complicit in the milkshake incident, given your photographer was there, and on your published piece, the photo was credited to Varsity. The man in the video following one of our supporters apprehending one of the assailants is here. Number four, your outlet has been little more than a mouthpiece for lying feminist students and academics from the outset. You have published not one piece of evidence to substantiate any of their allegations against us. You should be utterly ashamed of yourselves for your absence of balanced critical journalism. Our blog pieces on the talks and associated matters here. Number five, I look forward to seeing your editor and photographer in court facing charges in relation to the assaults. Best wishes, Mike Buchanan. I guess we don't have to respond to it then, because Mike already did. He's pretty much covered it, hasn't he? Yeah. Wow. Well, I still have an article planned for uh, for J4MB, so mm -hmm. maybe I can cover a little more ground there. Good Lord. Well. But, but yeah, this shows, this shows us what kind of people we're dealing with. I mean, they do nothing but lie, 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 lie. And as fast as you shoot down one lie, they dump 10 more on you. Yeah, well, because for them, the, the ends justify the means. So if they lie to you to remove you or get you fired or send you to jail or whatever, then that means you're no longer hurting women. So that's what their goal is. So right. you're, you're no longer threatening their existence. Right, right. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like now the question is what to do about all this. You know, we got to put on our thinking caps and you know, what are we going to do from here? There's got to be a way to deal with it. Well, we can talk about that in the after show because um, I think that we should go there. So we're going to do that. We can do that in the after show and, uh, you know, talk about it. I think the first thing is exposing the truth, which uh, Mr. Buchanan has done on his blog, which is available. I will include a link to this also in the low bar. I didn't put it there originally. Oh, and last thing I wanted to uh, show the, the uh, Pornhub comment. Um, this is a good. This is why another reason why we can move to Pornhub because they have the best comment section of any best social media comment, comment section. They have the best yeah. comment sections. Mm -hmm. So here's a comment: Why do we assume the core of a black hole has a singularity in it? 
How does it make sense that something can be infinitely dense, have zero volume? I could understand it if a black hole was an object of finite but extreme density. Then its escape velocity would still be stronger than the speed of light, but the laws of physics would still make sense at the core because space would not have infinite curvature there. But why do people say black holes have infinite density? And then Big Boy 132 <laughs> responds <laughs> and says, I think they refer to it as infinite simply because we don't know for sure. So it's not really infinite as much as it is indefinite. We are unable to define its density due to the size of it. So it's fairly safe to assume that it goes on forever for all intensive purposes. I've learned something about black holes today. Thank you, Pornhub. Okay, so um, let us know what you guys think about the stories in the low bar. Uh, if we were going to move YouTube to another platform, should we just like focus on Twitch for live streams? Or is there something else that's better? And maybe should we consider moving uh, Honey Badger Radio over to Pornhub? Should we wait until we get kicked off? Or should we do it beforehand? I don't know. You let us know in the comments section. Also, tell us what you think about the Alabama bill, as well as this uh, post, let's say, the aftermath of the Cambridge protests for justice for men and boys. And, <clears throat> excuse me, um... Be sure to consider becoming a Badger yourself by going to feedthebadger.com. And that way you can join us in these conversations in the app show and you can support the channel because, you know, YouTube's not really help. It's getting to the point now where I think YouTube is more trouble than it's worth, honestly. But it's not my call. It's Allison's. But, you know, if you could help us out, go to feedthebadger.com and start mm -hmm. a monthly subscription there because who knows? We may not be around tomorrow. I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know. I think YouTube might just use a computer algorithm to remove everyone at once and it'll just be a different landscape. Who knows? So uh, well, anyway, with that said, I want to thank Natty and Elizabeth as well as Fido Bogan for joining me on this episode of The Week in Men's Rights. I want to thank you guys for joining us on the show and we'll talk to you guys uh, very soon. Have a good night, everybody. Like, subscribe, comment, and share. Also hit the bell for notifications. Have a good one, everybody. I will talk to you later. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.